Hey guys, just a fair warning before you dive in that this podcast does contain explicit language. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to have you here today. Um, This has been a long time coming, I feel like. Like a really long time coming because we connected so, so, so long ago. Um, And I'm so grateful to be having this conversation with you because... um, I've always had such a like physical and like very visceral reaction to your work and to the things that you've shared online. So like, I just feel like having you here to discuss today is going to be amazing. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I feel the same that that no knowing and connection um, that can happen online and it is so magical that yeah. that's possible. Uh, my name is Gabrielle Walker, and I call myself a healing artist. I do a d- range of different healing modalities, uh, mainly based in Māori healing practices, and Māori are the Indigenous peoples from New Zealand, Aotearoa, although I'm based in Perth, Western Australia now. So my dad's Māori and my mum is non-Māori, so she's English. And uh, so I grew up between two cultures, and that's sort of how I practice the healing modalities that I do now. I also do a form of coaching, which I call co-reflective coaching, which allows the coach to hold space for the client to reflect on their own journey, where they're going into the future and puts the onus on them to, to be taking responsibility for their own path and moving away from that sort of more counselor psychology model. I know that lots of us in this space know what coaching is, but sometimes clients still fall, they, you know, they come and they sit, opposite you and they still um, adopt that so I tried to represent that in what I call my practice Uh, so I do those probably about equally in terms of I share my work yeah I think the way that you just described coaching is great Um, like when you were saying it I'm like yeah that's what coaching is but you're so right like just because you know something doesn't mean that everybody knows something and there is a lot of confusion about like what is coaching and what is counseling and I think in some cases even within the industry there's a little bit the lines can get a little bit blurred between what is coaching and what is counseling um so definitely I think when I first had a coach like early in my own journey you know you start getting coaches and um she said to me coaches only look into the future we don't look into the past but I feel strongly against that. I think we can't, it's very hard to look into the future without digging into the past and reframing what we've done in the past and where we want to go into the future. And it's not like a psychologist or a counselor who digs up the past continuously and tries to find that the root. We're not doing that, but we are, we are looking towards the future while digging in the past in terms of how I coach. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I found, I found when that first coach said that to me, I was like, just doesn't feel right <laughs> for me. And um, yeah, we didn't last that long <laughs> as a coach. Um, that's really funny. I've actually had a couple, um, I've had a couple of my coaching relationships break down as well, actually, where I've been the client um, because of just not, ultimately not being in alignment. And uh, I think it's really interesting what you say too, because I definitely agree. <clears throat> I don't know if I, if I spend a ton of time in my coaching practice looking at the past, but I definitely think if you can't understand where you are now, then like, how the hell can you possibly know where you're going? It's just not possible. So I do definitely think, or I do definitely spend time like looking at like where, 
the client is like showing up from where they're coming from in order to kind of get to where they ultimately want to be because you can project all you want into the future. But if you're ignoring what's happening around you right now and like the habits that are making up your, your life, like the daily actions and the daily thoughts and the daily beliefs and mindset that are making up your life, then you're not going to be able to get ultimately to where you want to go. So I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about your um, history though, like the, the difference in cultures and, and how you like learned because you practice a, a sort of like, uh, or at least part of your practice is ancestral. I would love, love, love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I grew up in a family, uh, our lineage is called Matakiti or in Rungwa. So it's dealing with, um, a seer or, a prophet and see so seeing spirits and talking about spirits talking to spirits when I was growing up wasn't an odd thing at all um I think on some level I probably knew not talk about it publicly like I don't I don't remember talking to my friends about it massively but within our family history and lineage that was really common and I had an auntie as well who um, was really into body work practice midi midi which is an aspect of um, what I do Okay. So many, many translates as like loving hands. So it's a form of energy work that taps into different pressure points. Uh, and it's said to have the energy of uh, the ocean. So it's like waves of love that flow through your body. Uh, so I sort of grew up with that in my lineage line. Uh, but I think as all young people do, we often ignore our family a little bit so I was always interested in that and I especially as a young child but I also did, couldn't see in my own path how that could, would be a you know a career or would fit into anything at all so I did not go that that route until much later in my life and uh, I came by chance I saw something I think it was on Facebook of uh, some some Maori healers coming into Perth, which was where I was living, maybe 2006. Mm -hmm. And I was like, something in me was just like, you have to go, you, you know, like, I didn't know what, and I even turned up, you know, when you know you have to be there, but you still turn up late because you're so nervous. Yeah. Like, it's sort of a destiny moment. And um, it was really like that for me, where I was like, so nervous, I couldn't get myself together, but I knew I had to make it. And anyway, uh, so that's when I sort of re-found my way back into the path from that moment. But it was still a slow journey from that time to to re-collecting things, both from my childhood, but also learning new knowledge that hadn't necessarily been passed directly down. But I feel like I channel it a lot. So I feel like, you know, because it wasn't so abnormal for me to talk to spirit when I was younger, it's so easy for me just to like connect into my lineage and ask them questions, get them to teach me about healing practices and to, to learn new, mo the new modalities. I often say that my work is guided by the ancient and the emerging. So it's the ancient that's been handed down by physical people and then the emerging that's taught through us, to us through spirit and the new energies and needs of the, this current time. So what we're living in. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. That's like, that's so freaking powerful. <laughs> um, that is so powerful. Uh, so um, I would love to know what the difference is between Reiki and, and what you practice. Is there a big difference between the two? 
Yeah, so Reiki, I would say, is more of a passive practice. So the client lies on the table and energy or codes are being transmitted through their body uh, quite directly. And there's sort of a set series of movements or sequences that the practitioner will go through. Whereas Romidomi doesn't really operate on sequences. It operates on what the body's asking for, what the body's calling for. And it's also quite physical. So we use our body weight. We use anything, really. We, we might use um, rako sticks. We might use things, stones. You you can literally like um, use the stone on, on bones if the bone needs cleansing or clearing. So wow. it's quite a physical, um, I don't know if you've seen the haka. It, it, that's the energy I feel um, that it is. It's a really visceral, quite intense practice. Whereas Reiki, is, I would say, is more of a passive and receiving yeah, practice. So there's obviously elements of both. So it's there's elements of give and receive. And a session isn't just all intense and full on. There's the lead up that is more subtle, like Reiki. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely always finish with elements of Reiki-like practice in terms of it, but in our practice. But um, I would say it's quite different in how you experience it. I think even in the way that I've seen like images, like I've seen images of you practicing, and uh, like you can. I mean, it feels different just looking at the images, but I think it's also interesting because I've seen you, like, I remember I had mentioned to you before, I saw the picture of you with like your elbow on someone's forehead and I looked at the photo and I could feel it myself. Like it was just so, I had such a full body reaction to this image and I just think that's incredible. But yeah, I love that it's like physical too. Um, You said something really interesting earlier about how you've like, been speaking to spirit for your whole life and so you find it really easy now to like connect with spirit and have a conversation with your ancestors and i'm wondering if you have any suggestions for how someone who's maybe not as comfortable speaking with spirit or not as familiar speaking with spirit or their ancestors or guides or angels or whatever whatever terminology they want to use if you have any like tips or techniques for them maybe connecting in a little bit more to that um, what I'm going to say probably sounds completely in the opposite direction, but this is not what I normally tell my clients when they ask me this, because it's quite a common question, is start with things, not even trying to speak to spirit or your guides, but start with things you already know in your life that you like. So for example, what do I want for breakfast? Do I want toast or cereal? And feel how that feels in your body. So you already know the answer. So I know for, for me, I prefer toast in the morning. So like feel how I, when I say cereal, when I say toast, like, oh, toast. Or do I want to wear that dress or that dress? And I already know. So then start to understand what your body's saying and what the yes and the no's are. And then it's like slowly, incrementally beginning to increase your decisions in your life. And then as that increases, so you're then moving it to bigger decisions. Um, even things like, shall I turn left or right? Or shall I go, for those of us that work for ourselves, beginning to play with your timetable, things like that. But then start to extend it into questions for your guides. Okay. And start to feel. So it's like you're building that muscle of listening, things you already know to be true, but trusting that that, just expanding that, that trust bit by bit by bit incrementally and then start to move it into questions of things and just listening sometimes you might receive an answer sometimes you might not mm-hmm. but just beginning to sort of play with that muscle because it is a muscle that we build it's not something that just happens like that uh 
and I think for me, it is that that fact that that wasn't something that was programmed into me that this wasn't true. No one ever said to me, "Oh, don't 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 be silly." They're just imaginary friends. I was like, "Okay," you know. It was very really. Or my nan would be like, "I'm just going to talk with my sisters who had her sisters had passed." So she she would say that she would go to talk to them. So it was normalized for me. But when I when I really dropped into how other people could do it, it felt like just building that as a muscle so that it, it's allowed. And so then obviously the answer will be different for everyone, but I'm curious to hear what is, what is an answer for you? Because it's, it's a physical response, I feel like. Like how do you know the difference between the, the answer and like maybe you, you talking, your mind, your ego responding instead? That's why I suggest you start with things that don't really matter. So, so like it doesn't really matter what you have for breakfast, you know. You, like, you can start to just notice the subtle nuances of things. Yeah. Um, I think what you wear is a good thing because you want to go outside feeling good. Whereas like food, sometimes we can go, oh, I should eat the apples or the fruit salad. I shouldn't eat the toast, you know. But, so maybe not food, but things like yeah wanting how you want to dress they start to feel in your body really and truly just start to notice the subtle differences in what you're being told mm -hmm. and then we just extend that to other greater decisions so it's like then your mind isn't always making a, a, the the main decision yeah but you've, you've got to build the muscle though because you can't just go to like some huge decision like should I move overseas and start to feel your body because there's going to be so many different things sure. taking place in that decision. And whether the decision is the right decision or not, there will be a certain amount of fear in a decision of that magnitude. And then up leveling. Like yeah. every time we up level, every time we step into our next level of expansion, every time we step into our dreams, mm -hmm. there's fear. Like it's inevitable. We've created these energetic glass boundaries or ceilings. And, and we have to step through them. So fear is going to arise. It's just part of the process. Exactly. It's really funny that you mentioned about the clothes because today when I woke up, I had it in my mind what I was gonna wear. I literally had already decided before I even got out of the bed. I was like, I wanna wear this. And then I thought, but I'm, you know, I'm gonna be interviewing and everyone's gonna see me wearing this. And like, maybe it's not professional and, but, it's really interesting because it was a full body yes that today wearing the outfit that I'm wearing um, was like, this is the fullest expression of myself today. Mm -hmm. And that was like such a gift to give myself because I really considered like, okay, but you need to do the quote unquote professional thing. You know, you need to, you need to look a certain way. You can't wear the Kid Rock shirt with the skull cheerleader on it. <laughs> in an interview because that's not that's not okay right i mean based on on whose perception but still and it was really interesting because i felt that this morning like i brought out other options of what to wear even though i had already seen myself wearing this and i had already gotten the confirmation of it and um and so that's really like funny that that's the example that you gave, and that was exactly my experience this morning um this yeah that's that's crazy <laughs> When do you think you, you first got interested in healing? You, you kind of mentioned that you drifted back and forth from it, but was it that moment in 2006 that was kind of like your reawakening, your re-entering into the... Even then, I think then was when I realized 
I was open to it, but it, it wasn't until uh, maybe I was 27 when I sort of had a few things happen in my life. I had a breakup and I ended up having a miscarriage and I was so distraught. Yeah, it was, it was really full on and I'd been working a lot. So I was, I was in this real corporate sort of space and um, I was quite, I would say I was actually quite shut off from spirit during that time before then and it was just like I would it wasn't uncommon for me to get home at like nine or ten at night oh my being God. in the office yeah sort of running now I look at it I'm like running away from things that I was experiencing in my life but at the time I thought I was just doing the thing you know getting my life where I wanted it to be the hard work would get me there that's what I should do um, all these shoulds right I was living and, and I hear people say this all the time but it's so true I was living what I thought was the life I should be living and from the outside it looked like it should look you know the apartment in the city the the good corporate jobs that we had and all these sorts of things and uh after that experience uh it was just like I could literally could not get out of bed for like three weeks and then the channeling started again full on it was like then my it was like before then I hadn't like I would tap into my ancestors, but I wasn't really in a communication with them. It wasn't like a back and forth. Like it is now, like now it's sort of like, I feel like I'm in communication with my guides constantly about my life and, and how it's going and my calling and my path. But then it was more like a, if I was at crisis point, I might reach out, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but during that time where I literally, sometimes I could, get out of bed to go to yoga there was a yoga studio like 10 minutes down the road and my only achievement in the day would be to get out of bed to go to yoga and for someone who'd been working all those hours and doing all the things collecting all the achievements mm. it was like liberating but also so soul destroying I had you know so I felt I felt like the only way that I knew how to rebuild myself was actually to go back to what I initially knew and what I grew up with. Um, and a series of sort of funny things happened in that time, like not funny, but I enrolled in a business development course thinking it was an art course. <laughs> so, so I didn't have a business then. I was just like, you know, enrolled in this course thinking it was an art course that like doing art will help me get out of this and found out that it was about building your business and I was like okay stayed in that wow. um and I also started I think during that relationship I didn't really share on Facebook because my ex didn't like us you know wasn't very public about his life our life so it was like I suddenly it was like this stream of spout of just like, this is what I'm going through. Here's all my pain. <laughs> it was sort of this sharing, but in a weird way that authenticity allowed people to connect into me and reach out. And so that combination of the course I was doing and then that sharing ended up with a few people asking me to coach them, which is hilarious given that I was literally you know, not really able to get out of bed. <laughs> but but that's sort of how it began, actually thinking about, oh, this is an alternative. And I think in my heart, I always wanted to do this work. And I always, like I look back now when I'm more stable and it's it's been happening for a while and I'm like, okay, I can see that everything in my life led to this point. 
but at that point it was like what what does that even mean you had no idea that's just well I mean I want to I want to go back and I first want to say thank you and really like honor you for sharing what you shared about having a miscarriage because first off it's something that just it's not talked about enough and I know that there's a lot of movements online um with women like sharing their experiences to really normalize this the fact that you know we all go through these kind of challenging and difficult situations and I think that like being able to say it the way you said it is really powerful and I think it's really good that we're talking about it <laughs> and obviously I don't have that in my experience so I can't uh, I can't share anything like that but I'm really grateful that you brought that to this space so thank you um, yeah, and I think it's like 25% of women that have miscarriages and especially for their first one so it's actually really like once I started telling people they were so like oh yeah I've had one or like it is so rampant in term and we don't talk about it so um yeah and the and your hormones that you go through when it happens is like I literally I couldn't decipher what what was actually happening to me I, I didn't know how to even describe those emotions so it's pretty intense and the fact that yeah then you we don't talk about it and you've got that level of emotionality going through your body yeah. uh, it's it's pretty it's a pretty yeah full-on experience for any woman that isn't able to talk about it during that time so yeah so that's that's powerful and i think it's amazing um that like more and more people are talking about it because it's something that deserves a lot more attention and i'm yeah i'm really grateful that you brought it here so thank you for sharing that um and now i've lost my <laughs> in what you were saying you um you had mentioned that um no i it's i was going to comment on something else that you said and it's completely gone now i don't know i got so like caught up in the emotion of what you shared that i just my question is gone um <clears throat> i kind of want to ask you then now if what i guess this ties into what i was going to say before but what did you learn about your own healing through that journey that you would want to share with with someone now that you share with clients or that you'd like to share with the audience that is listening to this now i th i think i learned what i mostly learned is that it's possible for anyone to come out of anything and face it mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily directly related to that experience but when you get to that rock bottom place, it's as though you don't have the strength anymore to wear the masks that you were wearing before then, or to have the protection mechanisms. And so everything comes up. Any old traumas that you have experienced comes up. You know, anything that, it's as though, and, and that, in that rock bottom, in that moment, it's actually this phoenix moment. It's this moment of like emerging from the ashes. And so I think what it gave me that I can hold space for clients now is knowing that that moment is actually so important and so necessary and that you'll look back on it and go, whoa, you'll know that it's that changing point if you choose to use it as that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's given me the trust that that's what it is. Because I think we're presented with these these moments or opportunities a number of different times in our life, and it's a choice each time how we how we react to it. But I think it's made me see it 
in a completely different way because I'm so much happier now than I was before then. And I actually, I actually look at that experience as a blessing because it, it worked me up deeper than, you know, deeper than I had ever been working before in terms of like, what are we here for? What, what is your life for? What do you want to do? Do you just want to go to the office and like work crazy hours and, and all that sort of thing? And I think I see that in many people in different versions their experiences may be different. It may not be work for them. It might be whatever eating or whatever thing that they're using. But that those moments crack that wide open and you can either hide from yourself or you can dive in yeah. and come out. <laughs> and it is that choice. And it, and it is scary because like, they, I mean, there's memes about this too online about like, what everybody thinks personal development work looks like and what it actually looks like. And it's a girl with like mascara running down her face. <laughs> like, uh, uh, why? <laughs> and, and I think it is that, and you have to be willing to get to that place. Like you have to be willing to go through the kind of ugly or like, I always say like, you need to be able to like, you know, kind of stand with your galoshes on in the thick of your own shit. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and be like do I want this anymore like is this serving me and if it's not to kind of pass on and, and ask a better question okay if this isn't serving me then what do I need and how do I move forward from here and yeah it's absolutely a choice but isn't everything isn't mm -hmm. absolutely everything whether we want to admit it or not and I know I find myself in a lot of instances where I don't want to because it means I have to take responsibility for something that I don't necessarily want to take responsibility for but I do believe that it is, it is our responsibility and it's our choice. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel that whenever anything now, this is how I see it, not in that moment or not in those earlier years of processing through the backlog of ignoring things. Um, but, but now I see it as when something arises that you haven't been aware of a habit or a pattern or a block, it's coming up for you to clear it. It's not, it's not to trigger you or something. It's like every emotion, everything is like, it's clearing. So it's exiting the body. So yeah. it's an opportunity. Every single, every single thing is an opportunity. And that's a mindset trick right there too, because viewing it as happening for you as opposed to happening to you. And I agree with you when I was at the beginning of my journey, which was like well over a decade ago. And um, like, I, that was when I first heard somebody say like, you know, take a look at, take a look at your life take a look at everything around you. You chose that. And I'm like, bitch, I did not choose this. <laughs> I, did not. I don't know what you're talking about. Somebody else handed me this like crap on a stick and like <laughs> with the consequences. But now I look back or even when I'm in a bad moment today, I can look at it and be like, well, <laughs> maybe I made a choice or didn't make a choice, which is still a choice. But in any case, um, that led me to where I am now. And yeah, you, you, of course, when you start off on your journey, it's a hard pill to swallow to hear mm -hmm. these kinds of things. And then it's something that comes, comes with a lot more grace and a lot more ease <laughs> as you move, as you move through, you know what I mean? As, and as you gain skills and as you start to see and accept and own and step into the, the power that you really do have over your life and to create whatever it is that you want and that you are creating whether or not you want to. <laughs> but it's happening in any case. So yeah. Um, I'm wondering if you have any other tips that you'd like to share with our audience of how they could kind of move through 
their personal journey. Let's use the words with grace and ease one more time. <laughs> I think whenever you're encountered by something that is challenging you, it's about feeling into what is your responsibility and what you may need help with. So you'll have your own tendency. You might reach out for help all the time, or you might just do things on your own. And I'd say lean into whatever's the opposite of what you would normally do. So if you're someone that's constantly reaching out to other people, can you fix this? Can you help me? Going to your healer, going to your coach, then lean into yourself and try and drop into that space a bit more. Whereas if you're someone who tends to be like, don't help me, I can do it on my own. I'm an independent person. Uh, then maybe start trying to reach out. So that would be one thing. And then the other would be whenever you're feeling, if it's a thought pattern, especially, try to don't try to reach for, uh, I'll use an example from today that someone was telling me that they've been using the mantra, um, I am whole, I am whole, I am whole, I'm full, um, you know, which is beautiful mantra, but they really don't feel that right now. <laughs> they feel... Uh, that they're still recovering from what they're going through. And instead, I was like, well, what is something that you can believe? So reaching for the next belief. So uh, in, in that example, I don't know, but for me, if I was feeling really like oh, broken, I'd be like, everyone goes through this sometimes. Instead of isolating myself, I've then connected myself to the collective. So everyone goes through this sometimes. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm whole. I'm not saying I feel healthy because I sure as hell don't. <laughs> but I'm moving, I'm moving the dial a little bit. I'm all about those incremental steps. You'll, you'll notice the pattern. <laughs> For me, it really is about building our muscle so that those pathways are really strong uh, for us. So it, those are the two that come to mind. Yeah, it has to be about small steps. It has to be. Um, I, I say that all the time, um, even like on the podcast, I say it's not always quantum leaps. There's a lot of coaches that talk about quantum leaps, and quantum leaps are real and they and they exist and they, and they happen and, and that's great. But what do you do every single day? That's where you have to start. It's the choices that you make every single day. And then one day you arrive to the point where you look backwards and you're like, holy shit, that was a quantum leap. I don't yeah. look forward and you say, okay, I'm projecting myself to the next quantum leap. Uh, you, you don't get to decide that, unfortunately. I mean, you're in control of the actions that you take, but there's so many things like universally that are at play that it's not just that you get to say, okay, ready for a quantum leap. Now I'll have a quantum leap inside of fries. Like it's about the steps and showing up for yourself and doing, and doing what's necessary for you to, to live well and be, be your best self essentially. Yeah. And I often say body work in particular, it's like, it clears the space temporarily for you to start making those cognitive shifts. So we're, we're clearing the energy from the body and from your field and from the system. And, and people do make quantum leaps, but it's when they take the opportunity that's been presented with them. If you just go back and do the same old patterns that you've always done, you're reinforcing those patterns, not the new patterns. So using that energy of clarity that, that and this I think this would apply for any healing that we receive it's like that's just this moment of time that allows you to make changes and it's a supporting mechanism to make those changes it's like our healing in general is like this all-round system and I especially emphasize that when people are doing mindset work that they do get healing because our nervous system needs to readjust it's like we've got neural pathways in our body as well as our mind they're not only in our mind our body is also like 
used to tensing when it feels stressed and so we're trying to rechange like use spe this specific points that change those patterns as well uh, so for me it's sort of like use all the resources we're in i think we're in the most blessed time to be able to have all these resources people channeling things that are so helpful to us like ancient knowledge is coming through how lucky are we that, that all this stuff is here for our healing so use it and the that exists so it's so easy to gain access to it because if somebody wants to work with you and they're not located in australia it's 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 a possibility now it, it exists you know and i think that is just in and of itself a type of magic so like mm -hmm. we have all this information but we have access to it and easy access to it which is incredible um i love that you were just talking about healing because one of the questions i really wanted to ask you was how can we begin to work on our healing on our own or in addition to working with like a, a healing artist like yourself or a coach or a reiki practitioner whoever it is that you're working with how can we uh, foster and enhance our own healing hmm. i think for me and it's probably similar advice that many people give but it is really clearing your field in the morning and night from influence so we're carrying a lot of things that aren't our own so when i wake up i i tend to do eight breaths and then i clear my field and then it's eight breaths gratitude eight breaths forgiveness eight breaths i try to manifest i've sort of created this this practice for myself because there's all these things that i want to be doing in the morning and it's just taking that time to tap in but i'm also really aware of my field so like of the influence i'm i guess my pathway is aiming towards being the least influenced by society as i can be and trying to work on myself to be as sovereign as i often talk about sovereignty in my post in terms of like not reacting to what other people think i i do still but that's my aim is to move away from that and i feel like energetically those expectations can cling to us as well so clearing them that in the morning and at night it doesn't take that long that would be where i would start if you are just starting on your own um aside from that free writing journaling helps uh yeah that those would be the two that are quite quite good i love dance as well just to shift energy um and it's something you can do in your kitchen or wherever wherever you want to uh yeah but i guess i guess for me i sort of view my ecosystem of healers and coaches and all those sorts of things are so necessary in terms of achieving the goals that i have in my life and clearing the pathway and continuing to rise because it's not enough for me just to stay in the status quo so whenever i'm aware of something i'm like okay what's what's the tool that we're going to use to move this um <laughs> <laughs> right now i'm obsessed with tapping like i can't stop tapping. i tap multiple times i'm just and i'm tapping on everything i'm like alone like everywhere it's I, it's it's that's what's clearing the energy the most for me and um and another thing too that you mentioned dance i really love that because i feel like we get really bogged down in like the maybe the quote-unquote traditional modalities or the things that we're always talking about as coaches or in this industry um and i think that dance is something that like like that movement but not movement like necessarily yoga or something like scripted or structured but just moving and allowing yourself 
move however you feel called to move. And I know that um, like I, this is also extremely personal for each individual because for me, one of the things that helps me move through energy is singing. And wow. I, yeah, I love it. I love singing um, and I do it all the time. And like when I feel something like really heavy, if I can like sing a song that maybe has words that are related to the emotion that I'm feeling, it's like, I'm like singing it out of me. I don't know. It's really weird. <laughs> and it's something, probably the modality though that I forget the most because it's not something that anybody talks about but mm -hmm. it definitely works for me and yeah so I love that you said dance because it's just another way dancing however you want to dance or moving however you want to move to to move the energy out yeah I, th I think every single like we our healing is our own responsibility so everything is available to us on our own uh, but it can be faster sometimes if you reach out to others and you just get that like mirror it, it speeds up the process you get someone to like reflect back if you you are where you're at in your journey and allows you a bit more of your own space when you are in your own space instead of you being the one solely responsible for that but i think for those who don't feel yet ready for whatever reason um to reach out to others whether they're just scared or they're financially not able or feel they're not financially able or whatever reason or if it's just like not where they're at in their journey that all of these tools like journaling's free dance is free uh you know massage you know massage self-massage is free like there's those sorts of practices you know, that you can do to to just move your own dial yeah absolutely absolutely i i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more but it is it goes back to that conversation we've kind of cycled back to to this idea of like responsibility like yeah and um yeah, no, we'll just, just leave that one there. <laughs> so um, my last question for you before we kind of finish up is uh, one that I'm going to be asking all of my guests on the podcast, which is what does living wild free well mean to you? For me, it means taking responsibility for yourself, being open to giving and receiving and setting the foundations for a future beyond what we've known before. Mm. And it's that sort of interaction and flow of all of those elements. Oh, I like that. I really, oh, I love that. Juicy. And like, yeah, it's the, the, I love that the future and the past, like the combination of it all and moving forward. I just, yes yes to it all <laughs> so the last thing is where can our listeners find you uh so uh, my website is www.wonderkind which is w-a-n-d-e-r-k-i-n-d.com.au and that was for me a combination of the one wandering person kindness humankind <laughs> I, I sometimes wonder where, where, where these words come from <laughs> through, through me uh, and then my instagram and uh, facebook are wonderkind energy so if you put those in either of those platforms you can find them there so yeah feel, feel free to reach out if you have any questions at all that came up from from this discussion i'd be more than happy to engage i love connecting with people um instagram sort of my main home mm -hmm. that i spend the most energy and time on uh, but yeah i'm findable through through any of those two platforms love that and i can attest to how open and willing you are to connect because that's exactly how we connected was on social media i don't even know maybe five years ago i feel like it had to have been at least that long and 
Um, and like, I remember just not being nearly as far along on my journey now as I like, or then as I am now. And like how much engaging with this, like the social project that you were kind of doing at the time, which was posting every day in your group, how much that influenced me and how much, um, how much I feel you gave to me on my journey, um, just in terms of like responding to posts or um, like me responding to something that you shared. And I remembered, and I will remember forever, um, you responding to me, um, saying that you could see me lying down with angels stroking my hair or maybe you didn't use the word angels I don't remember spirit or guides um, I feel like maybe it was guides actually and just like that image has forever stuck with me and I just yeah I think you are a wonderful human being and that you're bringing so much light and healing to the world and it is an absolute gift and I feel blessed to to know you and to be able to engage with you in this way it's just been wonderful Oh, thank you so much. I really received that. And I want to gift you with, it has been such a pleasure to see your journey that I know we connected some time ago and I've really seen the growth and I can see the strength and the power that you've fostered and what you're gifting to your clients and your community. And it's so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here today. It just means so much to me and inevitably to every beautiful human who is listening to this right now. So. <laughs> Thank you. Have a really good day. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye.